True to You Radio. Hope, harmony, health, honest. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore and learn what it means to live from your heart, not your head. And for those of you not quite familiar with heart dancing, it's a process of unlearning the world's messages and remembering your authentic self. When you start listening to the world's definition of happiness and success, at some point you may realize that you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be satisfied. There's always going to be something more to strive for or obtain. Heart dancing is a different way of looking at your world and looking at yourself. It's a way to return to your soul, the source of unconditional love. And the heart dancing mantra is, let love lead. And you'll understand more about that as you join me in the dance. Love knows the way. You just have to follow. Heart dancing. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore what it means to live creatively, think deliberately, and dance with life. My name is Katherine Erickson, and I'm your host. And today we have Lisa Steindorf. Lisa, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Oh, it's my pleasure, Katherine. Thank you for asking me. Yes. Well, I wanted to tell the audience just a little bit about you. You are an international consultant and communications expert specializing in peace education in schools and empowering parent strategies. I want to hear more about that. Peace education, we so need that now. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into that work and why you're so passionate about it? I can. Well, I've, I guess I'll first start with my personal background. So I was raised by parents who loved me very much. Uh, however, they did not have the skills, I would say, from this perspective, to raise us in a really positive and happy environment. My mother was quite fearful and raised us with a lot of fear and distrust of ourselves and others. And my father disciplined with violence, if you will. That was the tool he had available to himself. He had been a Vietnam vet and he brought the rage and the anger from the war back into our home. And we as two little girls, you know, fighting over our dolls or not wanting to eat our peas were a little bit hard for him to digest, not justifying his actions, but helping me to understand them. Anyway, um, when I was about, I don't know, maybe 10 years old, I remember coming up the stairs, my parents were arguing, which was not unusual. And it was like time slowed down and I could see them standing at the top of the stairs having this argument. And at the same time that I'm, I'm watching them, it was like in a film, there was another film underneath it playing at the same time. And that film that was underneath was really, it, it felt like, and I could see two very wounded people. And I, I remember thinking if they would talk about that part that's going on, if they would tell each other their sadness or how they're feeling and stop, you know, accusing and, and blaming and screaming and just really share from their hearts, they could work this out. 
And I, and I remember feeling frustrated at that discrepancy that was so clear for me as a little kid. So, you know, fast forward 20 years later, after having gone through a lot of my own pain and difficulty and being very unhappy and angry and so forth, and, and really transforming myself, I came to understand that we all have those films going on inside of ourselves. And the clearer that we get in ourselves about our who we are, what we want, how we feel, and learn the tools and the skills to express that in a way that's not hurtful to others, but is really honoring of ourselves and honoring of others, that things go a lot better. We feel better, relationships flow better, we get things accomplished, and it's just a lot more fun, basically. So that just gently moved me into the direction of working in communication. I got my certification as a mediator, also as a um, group facilitator and trainer, and as a life coach and executive coach. So through all of these trainings, I continued to groom my skills in helping people communicate better and, and feel more comfortable with themselves. And then with my educator's hat, because I'm also a language teacher of German and English, uh, I was living overseas, have had lived overseas actually most of my life. I started working in schools and started applying all these tools in schools, which has uh, falls under the umbrella term of peace education. It's basically life skills in schools. All right. Well, thank you. That was a that was a lot to share, and there's so many different points that I want to touch on. So, be uh, patient with me. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm fascinated by this story of when you were 10 and you saw your parents. You know at the top of the stairs. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you were perceptive enough to see what the underlying currents were, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And was that more of an energy exchange or how would you how would you categorize that? You know, that's a great question and, and it's one of the reasons I was really excited about coming onto your show um, to be able to discuss at this level. So what I find what I find in my work or what I feel is one of the gifts that I have, if you will, that I've been blessed with is that I sense what's going on with people. So it's like I can hear beyond or through the words and the actions. And that that's a really useful tool to have, especially in my work as a coach and also as a trainer, because people can talk at one level but underneath, it's like the surface of the ocean, there's choppy waters and all these things going on. And you look at it, you see the boats bobbing up and down and the wind blowing. But if you drop below that with a camera, you can see that the fish are swimming and the grasses are swaying in the, you know, the seaweeds swaying in the water. And it's like I, I alternate between those two levels. And the difficulty only comes when I start talking at the under underwater line level and people are only aware of the upper line water level. Right. So my job really is to help them understand that those both things are going on at the same time and to get in touch with that which is underneath the waterline and, and to feel comfortable enough to, to share that, to feel safe enough to share that with themselves or me, or if it's in a group setting or in a mediation session, to share that with another person. That is fascinating. You're the first person I've met who's spoken of those two different levels in that way. So let me ask you this, Lisa. Um, your training, your your own transformation, your work out in the corporate world, has that increased or strengthened your ability to kind of see and sense this underlayer? That's a great question. 
I, the best way I can answer is I think it's helped me learn how to dance between them faster. <laughs> okay. I love, and you know me, I'm the dancing girl. So right? I love that. Exactly. I love that because sometimes we have an innate gift, like what you're talking about and education can either morph it into something else or distort it. So I was just curious if all your experiences and your education and obviously what you've accomplished, if that's magnified, you, or, you know, you've protected that ability and it's magnified itself and that's why you're so successful in your work. I, I don't think it's magnified it. I think it's deepened it because especially okay, that's a better world, word. Yeah, if, in the corporate yeah. world, you know, um, people in the corporate world are tenderly called suits, right? So you, and it's a, it's a good metaphor because it, it depersonalizes the people. Mm -hmm. And so when I, for example, a, a situation comes to mind where I was doing a strategic planning process and it was a nonprofit and they were looking at how they could move forward and they had had a lot of dysfunction in their, in their structure. They had a hard time figuring out their, their um, um, organogram, their organizational chart and how reporting should go and all these things. So those are the discussions that were going on at the same time. I felt like there was this heartthrob of just discomfort and frustration with each other and it was not being discussed. And so I took the opportunity to sit everybody down, it was a group of about 40 people, 35 people, and we did one round of sharing. And I did not, there was no rebuttals, there was nothing. I just created a space where people would speak for themselves and pass a stone, and they would just basically put everything in the middle of the room. And I said, there is, you know, an elephant's only an elephant. Let's not make anything more of it than that. And whatever's present for you is present whether you're verbalizing it or not. So here's your chance to just put it out in the room and verbalize it. And so we did that, and at the end, it was a four-day process of strategic planning. They came out with an amazing strategic plan. They have totally restructured their organization. Interestingly enough, however, consistently with all the changes they've made and, and hired an executive director and created a new organic, uh, excuse me, organizational chart, I mean, really flying high, everybody in that process said that the most profound and helpful thing was to sit in that circle and speak. So... It, it's applicable across the board. And I, to answer your question short, I've given myself more permission to dance between those two levels. And I bet your work has become more profound and more impactful because of that. I believe so. And, and from what I hear from clients, that is, that is their experience as well. Because that's a unique gift to um, not get caught up in the content of what is being said, but to look underneath and behind to gain more perspective of that person's position, you know, opinions, how they're feeling, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that's not done a lot in the corporate world. No. Well, it's not done in a lot of places. Families, you listen to how, you know, right. parents speak to each other, speak to their children or vice versa. You know, what their words are saying and actions are portraying compared to what's going on for them internally, there's often a huge discrepancy between the mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you brought up families. I understand that you have a new book out. What's the title? I do. It's Connected Parent, Empowered Child, Five Keys to Raising Happy, Confident, Responsible Kids. Love it. Great title. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about it? How did it come to be? 
Yeah. So I had, as I mentioned, I'd been living in Europe and I had been working in the German school system, teaching a program, course success for schools in English. In German, it's Friedenlernen, which the direct translation is learning peace. And that program had six modules. And as we gained a lot of acclaim in Germany, I'm certified with the state of Hessen Department of Education. Um, we were on television in Psychology Today. So it really just kind of went like wildfire. And I was asked to create a train-the-trainer program for course success for schools that we could then have a team that could go into all schools around Germany and teach this program to teachers so that they could turn around and, and teach it to their students. And in the process of teaching this at many different schools and, and training the trainers, the parents kept coming to us and said, well, we're so thrilled you're doing this in the schools, but what about us at home? What, what, what can you do for us? How can you help? So and my children were younger at the time, and I was, of course, raising them with these tools and philosophy. So I took that work and I repurposed it, revamped it for parents. And that's what this, the book Connected Parent Empower Child presents. It's really a workbook to help parents deal with the difficulties of raising children, especially in today's world, how to, you know, turn off SAS, how to build connection, how to create cooperative discipline, how to deal with violence out there in the world without turning our kids into bullies, how to deal with bullying, you know, all of these different aspects. So there are five building blocks in the book, very clear modules, if you will, that guide parents through almost, you know, all aspects of raising kids to be really happy and yeah, confident mm. and feel good about themselves in the world. Sounds wonderful. I've got to get a copy. <laughs> so is this, is this uh, applicable for uh, just school age children or is there a certain age that this works the best for? That's a great question. So I, you know, I've had parents who were pregnant ask me for the book, you know, that they've read it. And I've also had a number of grandparents, social workers, step parents, parents of adult children, you know, kids that are in college, read the book and say it was so helpful to them because, I mean, it's really basic. Catherine, this is the same work I do in corporations, right? Right. So the, it's, it's, it's basic work. The, the lesson plans, the activities are, let's say, geared toward maybe kids from late grade school all the way through high school. Let's say that way. But if you've got toddlers or little kids, it's going to be useful to you. If you've got children that are in college, it's going to be useful to you. Mm. Well, let me um, ask you, Lisa, is there a quick example that you could give the audience of maybe one of the tools that you provide in the book? Uh, and I'm happy to give you an example for my own daughter. Sure. Uh, she's senior in high school, 18 years old, um, is feeling, you know, that she's ready to go. She's ready. To, uh, you know, college is right around the corner. And we've had a bit of a struggle the last couple of years when she, you know, has a room and the clothes come off and they just, it's this trail across the floor and they never get picked up. And I finally just, I'm having her do her own laundry. And if she runs out of clothes, sorry, you know, I'm trying to shift the responsibility back to her because I got tired of feeling, um, that she wasn't hearing me when I asked her to, you know, please put your clothes up or let's keep your room a little tidier. So there's probably a much better way for me to have handled that. What would you suggest? Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. So those are exactly the things that this book helps parents with. And I appreciate your honesty in sharing that with because most parents think that they are the only ones or they get together in these little huddles and they they commiserate with each other. Right. So the there's some, what I break it down into in the chapter in Discipline with Dignity. I break it down into rights and responsibilities. So your daughter has a right to clothing, to shelter, to food on the table. That's a right that she has because she's living in your home and you've brought her into this world. With those rights, however, she has responsibilities to show up for meal times, maybe clean her, clean the table or help prepare the meals, whatever your the rules of the house are. And as far as clothing goes, if you have the agreement that the, the room is to be kept clean, then you would go ahead through and give her consequences. And consequences are, there's a difference between consequences and punishment. And that, it, what I hear consistently from parents is, oh my gosh, that has been the most useful thing. Consequences really are there to teach and to help children learn how to function better in the world and with other people. And if it's intended to be punitive or hurt, or there's not going to be a change of behavior for the better, then it's punishment. And it doesn't really get you anywhere. As a matter of fact, it's quite detrimental, not only to the child, but also to your relationship with the child. So if your agreement was to have the room clean or to have, or she wanted clean clothing, then absolutely just say, listen, if you want clean clothing, it's your responsibility to, to do the laundry. But while you're at it, you can't do one single load. You're going to then be responsible for all the whites that need to be done and all the colors that need to be done, that she has to carry that load. If the, I'll give you an example from my own son. We lived in the forest and it was actually a problem with spiders and such if his room was dirty, like clothing on the floor. Other than that, we had the agreement, common spaces will be kept clean. Your own space, you want to keep it messy, that's your problem. But when we had the problem with spiders coming in, it wasn't very fun. So we had the, we created the rule then and said, okay, the floor has to be clean. Like we can't deal with that. And my son for quite some time just didn't like that idea. So I said to him, okay, every Monday is going to be vacuumed. The floor needs to be clean. Well, he didn't like that idea either. So I started putting all of his clothing into garbage bags and into the garage on Sunday evening. So that Monday morning I could vacuum. And when he was missing his sock or his volleyball, basketball tournament, uh, jersey, whatever it was, he had to go in the garage and sort through the garbage bags. And at some point he said, it's such a waste of time. You might as well just put his clothing away. I said, either way is fine with me, but Monday morning is when I'm going to vacuum. So, <laughs> so as long as you're consistent and without the judgment or the blame, and it's, it's moving toward positive behavior change. It sounds like you did a great job. Well, thank you. But it, I had to do a lot of work on me Absolutely. to get to that point. Because the the power struggle was not moving either one of us towards a positive outcome. Absolutely, Catherine, and you've put your finger right on it. it we have we can only work with us, and it doesn't matter whether it's with our children, with our spouse, or partner, with our coworkers, with our best friend. The only place that we have any control to affect a really positive change is with ourselves, and that, of course, then has its wonderful ripples out into the world. Right. Exactly. Well, I just love your work, Lisa. This is just amazing. And I know you are causing probably so many ripples out in the world. Let me ask you, the uh, Core Success Program, mm -hmm. I know you've, you've brought out this book for parents, but are you also trying to introduce this into U.S. schools, schools here in the United States? So I'm going in a couple of di different directions. Let, let me just, so the, the Core Success System is, is five 
modules, if you will, and I'll just briefly share those so that you can see why they're applicable in so many different areas. The first one is living to thrive. And that's really what your work is all about is how are we in the world? How can we, how can we shine our light brighter? How can we be grateful? How do we take ownership for our own actions and use our communication skills to, to share with others and to build positive relationships and collaborate? And then the next module is raising self-esteem. How can we build our own confidence? Or in the case with parents, how can we help our children feel better about themselves? To use our own selves as the point of reference and measurement and not grades or the media telling us how we should look or our boss telling us how we should act and so forth. But how do we use ourselves for our own, our own frame of reference and measurement? And then there's discipline with dignity, which is setting up the ground rules. What are our non-negotiables? What are the rules of the house or of the office or what are the boundaries of our friendship? And how do we work with that when it doesn't work, when there are infringements or injuries to our relationship? And then there's resolving conflict, which is the, the mother load is for most people is, okay, now we're in the thick of it. What do we do? How do we get out of here? And that's where I teach very clear conflict resolution skills and mm. the idea of really being curious about what another person is feeling and being honest and transparent about what's going on with yourself and then using the tools to clarify both of those positions so you find a, a solution. And then the final one is ab abolishing bullying. And that, again, you know, whether it's in the bedroom, the boardroom or the classroom, bullying takes place. And how it do does. we recognize it and what do we do about it? So those five elements, and when I work in schools, the sixth element is peer mediation, which of course does not work at home. However, it does, it can be implemented again in the workplace, the mediation skills with dealing with executives or team leads. So these, these modules that I have in Core Success are really applicable, you know, in, in all areas. And my intention is not to bring the program into the American school system. If, if that is desired, I'm happy to do that. What I'm doing right now is really going where I'm asked to go. And recently, I've had a lot of queries from the business world. It, over, what did I read? I think it was 78% of managers have zero training in conflict resolution. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. Right. And how do they handle conflict resolution? It's going to be probably from an unconscious, habitual reaction type situation, which doesn't move anything forward. Uh, this is something that people need to learn and hear about. It's not something you're just born with. I mean, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Well, we learn from our environment. I mean, if you look at some right. of the most peaceful cultures in the world, um, Jean Liedloff was a journalist who studied actually cultures that were very peaceful. And one of the ones that she studied was the Balinese. And, you know, we learn from our environment how we are with one another. And what she found is it's how they deal with their children. You know, it's, it's the tr really? trust that they have that their children want to do good. And unfortunately, in our Western culture, there is an innate belief that people can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. And those yes. two paradigms are vastly different and lead to very different outcomes. Well, that is an amazing insight. 
That is truly amazing, and I know your work is uh, just changing people's lives. So your intent now is just to carry this work forward into businesses, into corporations, into nonprofit world where people do need these conflict resolution techniques. They do need to know how to um, honor the other person when they're having a conflict and to work through it, etc. Are there any other um, applications that that have surprised you that have come up as you've gone on forward in this work and, and talked about it on different programs and radio shows? It's really it's really the business sector and the private sector. I mean, my passion is when I see parents that just so struggle and they love their children so much, and but how do they deal with them? And and then I listen to teenagers. I work a lot with youth, you know, and they'll say, gosh, and I, I just can't tell my mom this, or I can't tell my father this. And my heart breaks because I think if the parent knew that the child didn't feel safe enough to share their heart, you know, the parent would say, my God, I do anything to change that situation. So that's really the other area that I, that I focus on is helping families and helping young people to, to change their own dance. And I've seen family after family really change how they are with one another and how it, you know, it's like everybody gets Christmas because like, Oh my God, I can now trust my dad or, Oh my gosh, I can now trust my daughter. It's, right. It's such a revelation. So the application private and business, and then it can go really in any area. Well, and that I'll bring up just a quick story. Um, I saw a video on Facebook where they did an experiment and they put the children in one room and asked them what would they like to do the most in the world for one night. And then the parents and had them answer without the children there. And then they showed the videos to each other. And the children, each and every one, said, I want to be spend more time with my parents. I want to eat dinner with my parents. I want us to do something together. And the reaction of those parents watching their children say that was shock. Yeah. They couldn't believe it. Just they were just blown away, and oh, you know, the mother of course would start crying, and oh, we okay, we need to do that. I'm so sorry. And if there's that much of a disconnect, no wonder families have difficulty and struggle and turmoil. So I guess the thing is to get more toward the the middle and clear up communication, clear up misunderstandings, and trust in one another. You know, study after study underlines exactly what you're saying. One of the statistics that I bring up is they they took surveys of teenagers between the ages of 15 and 19 and 70 to 80 percent of the kids said consistently the person they admire most is either the mother or the father the person they want to spend most time with is mother and father the one that they enjoy spending time most with is with the mother and the father and whenever i present this to parents in groups i ask them what do you think the statistics are five percent twelve percent ten percent and again, I come back to if you look at the discussions that people have at a playground or at a conference or, you know, in the gym, whatever, you're talking to another adult. It's like, oh, my my son knows just how to piss me off. My daughter knows just how to push my buttons. No, actually, what they're doing is they're doing the best they can. And you happen to have triggers in those areas. They're not out there trying to bother you. That's not the goal of their life. They actually really adore you. And it's that, it's that distrust, it's that misconception that when that shifts, everything shifts. 
Well, that is so beautiful, Lisa. I'm so glad you shared that. And it gives hope to parents. If you're struggling, if you're having problems communicating, especially with teenagers, buy a copy of her book. Buy a copy of Lisa's book because we all want our children to succeed. We all want them to be empowered. We want them to become functioning adults, uh, able to survive and thrive in the world doing work they love. But all that starts in their family of origin, their family of, of you know, of who they were brought up by. So thank you for sharing that. Um, unfortunately, we're at the end of the show. So if I could just ask you, what is one piece of advice that you would give to parents or even managers about something they could do during the day that is easy to remember but might take them out of that reaction mode and have them respond instead? The, the one thing I would say is to believe the person is doing the best they can given their current ability and understanding and that you can ask them how you can help them do better. Mm, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. Thank you, Lisa. Mm -hmm. And that's a great place to end the show. I so appreciate you being on the Heart Dancing Radio Show. Thank you so much, Counselor. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, this was fun. Um, everyone, be sure to go to um, Amazon and look up Lisa's book. And Lisa, I forgot to tell you, where can people uh, find you on the Internet? So they can find the my, me under my website, which is www dot core that's c o r e core success s u c c e s s core success dot com and the book on Amazon is connected parent empowered child great perfect thank you so much you've been listening to the heart dancing radio show to learn more about Lisa go to those go to the website and check out her book to learn more about me please visit katherineerickson dot com and be sure to dance with life. We are here to dance and to be ourselves and to thrive and help others. So keep dancing. Thank you so much. Be well. You've been listening to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we learn to dance with our hearts, not our heads. And remember, you're now part of the tribe. Be sure and tell your friends about the magic that happens here. Uh, heart Dancing, it's the only way to live. Music.